1: Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now.
2: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. In this edition of Americana Music Profiles, Nashville singer-songwriter Sarah Sims joins us to talk about her latest record since 2015. The 10-song album, The Darkest Light, unfolds like a spiritual and emotional travelogue and highlights Sarah's insightful lyrics and captivating vocals. The Darkest Light will be available this coming August. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us. Um, Absolutely. We are talking to you in Nashville. Is that correct? That is correct. Has Nashville always been home?
0: No, I've been a lot of a lot of places. Um, I grew up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was born in a suburb of Chicago, Um, and then uh, we—I grew up. My the majority of my childhood was in Boston. My dad got a job um, in Boston. So I pretty much spent time there from about um, age 2 through 10. Mm. Um, Then we moved back to Chicago. I went to school in Ohio. I moved to New York City (laughs) after graduation. Um, Was in Nashville a bunch uh, recording for other artists. Almost moved there like two or three times and then finally just, you know, bit the bullet and moved to Nashville. So. Um, Nashville is where I was for about four years, like 2014 to 2018. And then I met my partner, um, my now partner who has two beautiful daughters and we moved to Cincinnati for a few years, um, over like the course of the pandemic, Uh um, to just be, you know, a a bigger part of their life and, um, you know, help just be kind of a pillar in their lives. And we just recently moved back to Nashville this, this September. So lots of places. Yeah.
2: So you have bounced around. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which of those, uh, locations do you call any of them home? You know, like where I'm from kind of home.
0: I don't, I feel like I'm just forever like, um, a wanderer. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. I, I mean, I love all the places. I think, you know, every place that I've lived has definitely made an impact on myself and, and my music. Um, new Orleans also plays a big part. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded this record in New Orleans, but New Orleans has kind of become our home away from home. Yeah. Um, we spend about half our time there. So um, I would say, I mean, I have pretty strong ties to Nashville and New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I would say that those two are, that those are kind of the, the spirit cities that, that hold my hold my heart.
2: Where did music take hold at? What part of your life did that begin?
0: Yeah. Uh, very early, I think I probably shot out of the womb singing. I just music's <laughs> been such a big part of my life. Um, it's it's what makes sense to me. Um, my parents were really supportive of me and music. My mom was um, really big in the church scene. She was a folk singer. Yeah. Um, and she just they were very supportive from the get-go. So I started, playing piano and violin at about age five. Um, so I was doing the Suzuki with violin and, and piano um, starting at five. And then I really just, you know, took took a real liking to singing. So um, my parents just found opportunities for me, um, you know, whether it was through private lessons mm-hmm. or I was in this uh, children's choir called the Glen Ellen Children's Chorus that's based out of a suburb in Chicago that was kind of a world-renowned children's choir that I had just amazing experiences with, um, being able to travel internationally, you know, at a yeah. young age. And, um, so that, that pretty much, I think kind of solidified my, my in and music. Um, violin was something that I, you know, had professors that said I was very naturally talented at, but didn't really like it or want to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of gave that up when I graduated, um, in, from high school. And then I kept going with piano. I was a piano performance minor, Um, classically trained in college. Um, And then violin is something that like, you know, when I started getting into more of the folk Americana scene, I remember just looking out at people being like, wait a minute, I know how to play that instrument or, you know, a form of it. So I got, you know, my, my love for it kind of got reignited. um, And then I started, you know, working a little more on like learning how to play more in the style of fiddle um yeah. I by no means will say that I'm a fiddle player especially in Nashville <laughs> people are always like oh you played fiddle don't you I was like no I don't know where you were that <laughs> there's just so much amazing talent out here sure, that, yeah.
2: Um, yeah 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 so you you mentioned working with other artists was that did you do that before you um launched in a solo career I assume
0: yeah, so um, when I was in New York, um, you know, music is something, like, I definitely wasn't a, a young artist where I was doing songwriting and writing lots of stuff, you know, at an early age. Piano um, and, and classical piano was always a big part. I loved singing, um, but I remember, you know, being in my early 20s in New York and being asked to be in some friends' bands, um, and then the second that I started, you know, doing some gigs, that's that's when... I really knew that this was something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, for for a good five six years in the beginning of my music career in New York, um, I was just in lots of other people's bands. Mm. Um, anything from I was in a band called The Key Party. It was Darren Gaines in The Key Party, and it was kind of um, a little bit. We called it Subversive Lounge, but it had a full horn section, mm. and it was cool. kind of Nick Cave, Tom Waits, um, and then sort of female harmonies, Bridget Bardot. Um, That was really awesome. I was in a uh, kind of a roots Americana band called Dirty Water, um, where I did more kind of the Americana and folk side. Um, But really, I was just joining a bunch of different bands. Mm -hmm. And at some point, all my friends are just like, you know, when are you going to start your own band and when are you going to write your own music? (laughs) And, you know, I think that's just like as someone that, um, you know, I also was. Um, I grew up as a competitive figure skater and I just have kind of this perfectionist personality and I was always too scared that my um, music or my own writing wasn't going to be good enough mm. um, and, you know, so for a long time I kind of pushed that off even though I was, you know, in the in the back end um, writing my own stuff. Yeah. So it took a while for for me to kind of convince myself that, you know, the world should, you should release your you know your art into the world and let people yeah. let people in.
2: Yeah, I think that's tough for a lot of people to, especially uh, musicians to to find the uh, courage. Maybe is the word. But courage, think...
0: courage is a great word. Yeah. I do remember my very first performance of my own original material, and usually after a gig, you know, you you there's so many endorphins and you're so you know there's it's just like such a rush you know, to be up there and perform in front of all your friends and other people. And, um, I remember getting off the stage and just going out, um, in New York with some of my friends for some drinks and them being like, you're being really weird. You're very quiet. And I'm just (laughs) like, I feel like I just, you know, read you all like a bunch of pages from my soul. And I was like, okay, bye. Like, it's just such a different experience. (laughs) So, you know, after, after doing it a few times, then you, it just becomes very comfortable where you are burying your soul to strangers. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's part of, you know, why I do it too. I think it's so cathartic to write for myself, but it's even more cathartic to share it with other people Mm -hmm. where, you know, there might be that connection that you make with someone that you have, you know, no idea who they are, but you do share this, this intimate connection with um, something that they resonate with in your lyrics or your music.
2: Do you have a particular style or, or? Um, pattern that you like to use when you write? How, how does that come for you?
0: Um, I think, well, so in the beginning, in in the beginning of my career, I am classically trained in piano and I felt like when I started writing on piano, everything, it's almost like I know too much theory that I, I kind of overcompensate and everything I was writing, it just sounded so complicated Mm -hmm. and, and classical. I remember, having bandmates just be like, you just change chords like 19 times in the past like 10 seconds. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I found that a little bit of a challenge for myself and actually my debut album called fade to blue. Um, I actually decided to learn guitar and write that entire album on the guitar. Um, it actually enabled me to, because I was new at guitar and I didn't, know as much you know I kind of know too much on the piano Mm -hmm. but I was able to kind of simplify it and really hone in on more of the lyrics and the songwriting aspect of it and I think in hindsight learning to write on different instruments is really important and really allows us to step outside of the box Mm -hmm. Um, it also made me a better songwriter after that experience on piano because all of a sudden I was applying all of the you know Techniques and things that I was learning through not knowing as many chords, you know, on guitar, I was applying that to my writing on piano. So I would say that, you know, that learning to write on different instruments really, really helped me, even in the instruments that are my strongest, to kind of simplify things um, and to strip things away. Um, So, I mean, for me, if I am writing, it's, it's very easy for me to jump on piano because anything I hear, I can play it on um, guitar I'm I'm a decent guitar player I can definitely hold my own as a singer-songwriter but I you know by no means would call myself a mm. you know, a, a, a skilled guitarist <laughs> um, so a lot of times if I if I'm starting to vibe on something and I'm writing on guitar and I hear a chord and I can't necessarily play it I'll jump over to the piano Yeah okay that's
2: neat so, interesting Yeah I think I read where you took a break for a while from
0: music I did um, I? Let's see. Today, I, I feel like no one knows what day it is, what year it is. Right, anymore. I
2: know. Yeah, we've lived. Uh, uh, somebody said the other day, we've lived ten years in the last two. It's
0: That's true, it and like... time is going very strangely. I feel like the past, you know, year, past three years, like it feels like it's it's been forever, and mm-hmm. yet it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah, so time right. is moving both super slow and you know super fast. Yeah.
1: We're going to take a quick break from the interview. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview.
0: About 2017, 2018, um, I had just met my partner, and um, you know, I had been performing and touring and traveling, and, and you know, doing the the music grind for a while. And and I think you know, this this industry can be as as healthy and unhealthy as you let mm. it get to you. Sure. Um, you know, it is, it is kind of, uh, it's a very extreme and, and intense industry, like any industry, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're a, an actor, an actress or a musician, I mean, it definitely is, is a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I was feeling like it was kind of taking a toll on, on my psyche. And, you know, I was just seeing a lot of, a lot of toxic behaviors, like a lot of, um, you know, needing to, to kind of one up and, and a lot of jealousy. And I, and I just, I needed a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a kind of a, a yoga shamanic uh, trip to Peru um, with a yoga group of mine um, for about 10 days. And that was kind of the catalyst that mm-hmm. I needed to, you know, music is something that is so important to me and is, is I believe, you know, a, a huge reason why I was put on this earth and a gift of mine to, to share. But Um, I think that trip kind of allowed me to see that I needed to take a step back um, and take a little break and kind of see how, how music fits into my life Mm -hmm. in, you know, this new chapter, because as we grow, as we become become adults and, you know, five years, six, seven years, like artists grow and expand and, you know, they, they push their genres and they, um, you know, their heart changes. And so I think for me, it was just realization of going and playing time and time again inside of bars um, to, to drunk people that weren't really listening or they weren't really there to, you know, the music was kind of an aftermath. Mm -hmm, And and mm -hmm. I really determined that my music is, is much more for healing and for small, intimate sort of listening rooms. Mm. Um, so I needed that break to kind of take a step back. And, and while that break was happening, you know, I, it was for a very worthy cause. I mean, I had, just met my partner someone who I love very much and he has two beautiful daughters and you know it was that time to kind of you know be there for family and be you know a part of their lives um, as you know someone I was I was getting to know them they were in their teenage years and it was the move to Cincinnati to you know kind of be with them and help get mm-hmm. them out of high school and, and kind of you know be grow that um relationship that I had with his girls. Mm-hmm. Um and then the pandemic hit.
2: Right. So little did you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the break, you know, was supposed to be a little shorter lived than than it was. But all along, I mean, when I say a break, I wasn't doing performances, but there's not a single day that's gone by in my life that I'm not, you know, at the piano for an hour or just yeah. writing or playing. And, you know, this 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 upcoming album, I had been writing it on and off since that trip in Peru. Mm, so okay. that, that Peru trip really kind of was the catalyst for, you know, this, this next batch of songs.
2: And, and that is the darkest light, correct? That's the, the correct. New, yeah. Tell yeah. us, tell us about that a little bit. So the um, being kind of more on the folk Americana side, this one has sort of changed a little bit in a little bit different direction.
0: It has. So I, you know, my, my other albums, the two albums prior to this, so it was way back home and, and fade to blue. Um, I think stuck much more into, um, sort of the realm of the folk Americana world. This one, I wanted to genre push boundaries a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, there, there are kind of two styles that, um, My writing or my sound falls into. I think one side is more the sort of breathy, um, ethereal side of the um, artists like Lana Del Rey or uh, Portishead or Phoebe Bridgers. You know, it's just kind of that haunting, ethereal, um, beautiful, breathy sound that I love so much. Um, And then the other side is more of the, the grit and grind. So you have, you know, the the Bonnie rates and the Lucinda Williams mm-hmm. and, you know, even Ho- like Hozier is one of my favorite male artists. So it's that, it's that like, you know, that grit and that grind. So I think this album, you know, this album in itself is a, dichot- is a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the sweet and the sour and um, the tough and the tender and the dark and the light and life is full of dichotomies and we can't have one without the other. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, really the theme and this, the name of the album came out of that, that trip to Peru, um, and, um, a ceremony, like a night ceremony that we were having in the middle of the jungle and we were sitting in, in this, you know, this dark, this dark cabin, um, doing a, a, um, a spiritual ceremony, um, with a shaman. And, you know, it's really, it's kind of that dark night of the soul. It's sitting with all of your, your demons and your inner feelings mm. and, and, and the ability to tap into that, that light, that you have even in the darkest of times mm-hmm. um and so the album and the songs on the album i mean some of the songs i've written years ago um a lot were created over the pandemic i mean i think i probably wrote like 40 or 50 songs for this album and wow. and just curated it and cut it down and and what and a lot of what i was writing for this album the darkest light um was really me um kind of dealing with my struggles over the years with depression and anxiety and, Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, uh, what is my darkest light and and what are the light pieces of me and what are the dark pieces of me? And while I was writing all this, the pandemic was hitting and Mm -hmm. it just started becoming eerily parallel that while I was trying to tackle my own dichotomy, um, so to say, you know, I, I really think the theme of this album is this, a personification Um, of the struggle between darkness and light, fear and love. Um, And we were seeing that in in spades, you know, with everything going on with the political polarization and and the pandemic and like all of these, you know, terrifying unknowns where, you know, every day we all woke up as a collective, as humanity, and we're like, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow Mm -hmm. or the next day. And so it kind of took on like a whole new meaning of writing. Um, So some of the songs, you know, are very based in thoughts that I was feeling and that, you know, I, I definitely am a a pretty sensitive, um, emotionally charged person. I'm very empathic. You know, the, the collective sadness, it took, it took a lot of me, you know, I I just, I felt so much for myself and I felt so much for others. And um, so a lot of this, Album is really just like, you know, this being at this crossroads with yourself um, and the the, di- the dichotomy of life mm-hmm. and how, you know, you can you can want to be in the light all you want. But until you really tackle those shadows um, that you're trying to run away from, like you'll never fully get right. You know, yeah, that that bright, bright light um, yeah. because we need to we need to go through the struggles to, you know, to yeah. get to the good stuff
2: how will you get to play these out? Do you have a, a plan? Is, is this a uh, kind of a, a solo singer songwriter type of experience or do you have a, a group of musicians that will play with you on this?
0: So, um, this is a big album. Um, I think, you know, when you're thinking of going into the studio, there's always that, you know, is this going to be more stripped down? Is this going to be bigger? And I wasn't really sure, you know, what this was going to be. I wrote a lot of songs, um, that were more on the stripped down folk infused side i ended up recording this album out in new orleans which was incredible it was an incredible experience Mm -hmm. mostly because you know we had been traveling a lot in new orleans we we are you know very familiar we have a, a great community in new orleans i appreciate the music but i really don't did not before this album have you know, a lot of connections with the the music community in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Um, Through my connections in Nashville, I had found um, the producer that I worked with. And he pretty much put these this, you know, world class um, band together that I just like I I still count my blessings that I was able to work with some of these, you know, top talents that Mm -hmm. um, at the end, you know, it ended up being a a pretty there are 15, I think, like 15 musicians on this record. Um, and we recorded at Esplanade studios, which is this beautiful church, um, in the middle of, um, right by the Treme. And, um, You know, there's just like there's so much magic and so many amazing people that have recorded there, you know, from from Dr. John to Bonnie Raitt to John Legend. I mean, like the walls are just magical. Um, And, you know, Ari uh, title, who is the producer, we both come from such different backgrounds that it made the record so cool because, you know, he comes from more of a. Um, A funk and soul background and I come from more of the singer songwriter folk Americana and so we very much pushed each other out of our comfort zones Mm. Um, and you know the record definitely has a New Orleans sound to it um, that's for sure I felt very spiritually pulled to record this album in New Orleans I was kind of in between deciding whether I was going to record it in Nashville or New Orleans. And there's just such a spiritual side to it that it just, it felt like New Orleans was like a no brainer. It needed to be recorded there. Um, And I think the recording process was different in the sense that like, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know any of the musicians, Mm. you know, Ari and I worked together for a couple months, like pre-production beforehand, but like going in blindly and just trusting that, the magic is going to unfold was just like, it was terrifying and awesome. And I just think it was just so part of, of the unfolding of this album. Mm. Um, So as far as the playing out, I mean, songs can definitely be played stripped down. I mean, I've been playing songs here in Nashville. Um, The album is coming out um, beginning of August. So I have CD release show plans for both Nashville and New Orleans, and both places will have full, full band. Okay, um,
2: so. how can folks reach out to you to hear some of your earlier music? Uh, check out your your schedule somewhere, or, or uh, be on a list yep. to anticipate this new record.
0: Yeah, so um, my website—you can find everything on my website. It's uh, com. It's S-A-R-A-S-Y-M-S. Um, you can find me on all the streaming platforms. If you just search my name, um, I'm on Spotify, I'm on, um, Apple music. Um, I am on YouTube. I mean, pretty much, I think if you just search my name, Sarah Sims, Mm -hmm. um, you can find all the things. Um, and, uh, tomorrow I'm dropping the fourth single off the album. Um, that is called Good times never, or sorry, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's coming out? <laughs> um, that that one is called Where Do I Belong? But there are five singles that are coming out, um, and then the, the full album will be out on August 5th.
2: And all the singles are on the different streaming platforms, YouTube, Spotify, yep.
0: et cetera. Yeah, cool. Yep. cool. Yeah, awesome. I think, I don't, I don't think there's a single outlet <laughs> not on. <laughs> sure. e- even including, you know, trying to get into the world of TikTok, which sure. yeah. is a... It's a monster in itself, Right. It is, it is for the kids. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Sarah. I appreciate you sharing the, some of your story and, and telling us about this new record. I'm, I'm excited for you. The, the songs that I've heard, I really enjoy, and so I wish you well with it.
0: Oh, thank you so much, and it was, it was a pleasure talking with you.
2: Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.